It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Three each after four each. Back up. Pickford stops it. And England win on penalties. History in itself. This one's for Jordan Pickford, England's number one. He loves his kind of music, so get the ring on. He's from the northeast, he has the Scottish roots. He also plays his music before he puts on his boots. A legend in his own right, cap between the sticks. Get the rave on, get the rave on, listen to the mix. Respect to you, my friend, and this is what I send. I've got a message for you, keep on raving to the end. Keep on raving to the end, keep on saving to the end. JP and the England boys, we will defend. Keep on raving to the end, keep on saving to the end. JP and the England boys, we will defend. So, come on England, bring the World Cup home. The nation is behind you, you are not alone. It's coming home, it's coming home, we're all in this together. We believe, you believe. Don't care about the pressure. I remember when I met you, love. Big shot, bounce to the banda. Wash it across here in the house. And I fell even shy. You ready? New monkey massive. I said, now, man. Explosion, everybody's dead. Yeah. 
nation's favourite team are doing great and looks at one of their most successful summers ever. Also England beat Colombia last night. Today I'm not only joined by Miss Bly 2009 winner Connor Bromley, I'm also <laughs> graced with the presence of Miss Moscow 2018 winner James Nichols. And joining me, Miss and Miss, is Chris. Cam, that is. How are we doing, lads? Yeah. Good. Hungover. Happy. Yeah. Yeah, I'm Connor. I'm, yeah. I'm I've just I'm been s- skipping around Sunderland Town Centre all day. Nice. I'm absolutely loving it. You it's not got both. anything to do with the match, it's just like no, a I'm just, you know, yeah, fantastic it's just a real routine um, thing for Nichols. You know, Leonardo DiCaprio and me, Marie's just prancing through <laughs> the country lane, that's me. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. So, Connor, how do you feel knowing that um, Miss Moscow there has upstaged you with a more prestigious title, one more recently? I, th- I can't actually see him actually because of the monitors, but. Uh, that's okay. Well, uh, Nichols, assume he's grimacing at you right now. Yeah. Because um, I'm sure you he is. Just always assume he's in a natural state of furious at you. Yeah. At all times. <laughs> I think Absolute incomprehensible <laughs> fury right now. I think ultimately Nichols is a better transvestite than me, and that's. Well, <laughs> to be honest, what the win is. I can't argue with that. Nick, Nichols has got bigger tits as well. So. I've, I don't, what? I can't verify that. <laughs> In order for a podcast to go off the rails, it has to be at some point on the rails. So if yeah. we could allow, like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Our train's not been on the tracks. <laughs> the McCain the, train the is not going. The McCain train was derailed from the get-go. You see, I have you that hosting role today and you've, you've let everyone run loose. See, I feel like it's better let loose. You know, <laughs> Connor's you, famous for his strict, yeah. sensible podcast. Oh, yeah, you, you keep us all too... You're a teacher well in training. I, I, I am, I am, but you are not my pupils, so... <laughs> you can you can run amok, and that's totally Imagine fine Imagine if me. your teacher said that to you. You are not <laughs> yeah. my pupil. <laughs> you are not my pupil. I yeah. have no pupil. <laughs> anyway, let's kick things off with a three-word review to try and get things on the rails for the first time in the... First if it's not all it's coming home, it. I'm going to be disappointed. Well, not all of them are, but the majority are. <laughs> I think well, well not the majority, the, it, it's the most frequent one that occurs. So anyway, yeah, today we asked on Twitter for the good people of Sunderland and beyond to basically reduce their thoughts on last night's game to a three-word summary, as per the title, obviously, and this is what they've come up with. Mark Darby says, it's coming home. Dylan Parry says, I love Pickford. Burying me in exile, our fellow fan blog who cover Bury FC say must play better. Oh, bit, bit devil's advocate, but we'll play on. Fuck Steve twenty thirteen say it says it's coming home. Michael Bowers says rave on Pickford. Jordan Mars says I'm very hungover. Yeah, you and me both. Yep. G Lang seventeen says send them in. Dave Dehano, I want to say Dave. I'm going to say Dave Dano. Dave Dano says black cat hero. Hannah Brown says it's coming home. Kenneth Bowmaker says Pickford Mackham hero. Someone called IB7 says England's number one. Rory Hanley says limbs all hour. Big Bad Baz says Henderson Pickford proud. Carl Lawson says proud of lads. Robbie Prince says Columbia anti-football. Martin Wingham, Martin Wiggum there says Pickford is God. It's like Chief, is that Martin Wiggum? Is that Chief Wiggum, sir? That's, yeah, that's called... Ralph. That's Ralph. Ralph. Yeah. Oh no, Martin's the dro- dopey kid who's uh, sorry, the bright kid who's in Lisa's class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. sorry. That's a tangent for yeah. <laughs> Mr. Wishy Washy says Sir Jordan Pickford. Um, Matthew says never in doubt. Kyle Wilson, a good friend of mine, little shout out, says ball tingling close. And SEFC supporters says it's coming home. So anyway, it seems to me as if I'm sure you're all also in agreement. There's a very common theme there. We all think football's coming home, and we all think that Pickford is the herald of that reality. So. Let's get into the game itself. Are you sharing the sentiments of these three-word reviewers, Nichols? What are your thoughts on the game? Do you think England yeah. played well? And can you see football well, coming home yourself? I mentioned last night a game like that. It's not 
so much about performance it's about just getting through mm. Colombia's whole tactic was just to stop the flow of the game stop how England played and <laughs> sorry can I just move the monitor and it really yeah, cut yeah, me yeah. off a second yeah. Connor's whimsical smile has put niggles off you know <laughs> Just imagine you're trying to deliver a speech. Yeah. That's really important. Many have fell victim like, to that lovely Connor's grin. face just pops up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But like, I just thought it was the way that the maturely, like, it was a little bit when they got involved in Colombia's, like, little showcases of stupidity. But for the majority of it, from a young side to show such maturity, I was really impressed. And just to get through that game was so difficult. Mm. Like the, the, even, I think it was full time or half time when the Colombia assistant or coach, whoever it is, just like, Barge Sterling for absolutely no reason. They were just literally there just to shit house England. Oh, they didn't even try and play. They realised Hammers was going to be out from the start, so it was it was just very South American tactics over there. Yeah. It's like it's just accepted over there. Like a player goes down, the referee is going to blow. It's it's not diving, it's not cheating. It's about doing what you can do to win, and that's all it's about. Mm. So it's Did just a s- clash of cultures. Aye. Did you see them as well? Like try it uh, when. Uh like unhinge the penalty yeah it's the centre the yeah and Mojica yeah. just like stabbing the penalty yeah, spot yeah. There. watching Kane when he scored that though that was just so yeah, cathartic I absolutely went yeah. mental the best is when, uh, when uh, Dyer scored and like Ken, uh, Stones and Maguire just like giving it the big and all the Columbia yeah. players especially the Barrios before they run over and celebrate I love that how Barrios remained on the pitch like oh, he's just yeah, beyond me like, yeah, yeah I mean it's a red was he the head and, and then yeah. he had, he had Two or three challenges that were worthy of yellow throughout the yeah, game yeah. after that one as well. It was just remarkable. Even if you don't connect with violent conduct above the head, even if you don't connect, if you show intent and it's above the neck, it's a red card. There's yeah. no grey area with with a headbutt yeah. in the box like that. It's it's a red. Or I mean, and then Falcao's, you either bottle it or you don't. With that, you know, you don't yeah. don't give a yellow. And then Falcao's got it's the insulting. goal to come out post match and say that the Antino Spree as well saying that the well, he's just a mark, but Falcao saying like the referees on England side. Are you kidding? Are you absolutely yeah. joking? The way Colombia went on, the three or four of them could have got red carded for descent alone. Oh yeah, Falcao could have maybe could have been booked oh, like four times. Just the referee. So I know he's captain and he's supposed to have that little bit yeah. extra license. He's but... the one supposed to be controlling these players. Yeah, that's why I always felt sort of not necessarily confident of us winning, but proud of us either way. Because I feel like yeah. the, the way we did display ourselves in the sense of no, there aren't many teams at this tournament like that would have played any better than England did against no. that yeah. Columbia side because that good Columbia defense team as well. yeah Strong. Columbia defensively are so well structured going forward they're really dangerous and they just didn't go forward until like the last 15 yeah. minutes and which confused me a bit because I don't I'm not mad at Columbia for playing the way they did and kicking us and winding us up because that was their choice that was their yeah. tactic they decided and it, worked. Point, and it very nearly worked the only thing that England could have done to avoid it was hope the referee could have shown a bit of backbone mm-hmm. which he didn't <laughs> and then keep their cool and just grind it out and show that character yeah. which they did do and fantastic like I thought Ashley Young was key to the, to England yesterday yeah. Kane as well I thought yeah. he, Kane did so but well with Young it's not even how he played it's his maturity on the pitch yeah, that's why he's there it. Yeah. it was when Stones got Stones got like properly snapped in half in the in the halfway line and he like kind of brushed his leg up against whoever it was it possibly he, Falcao he was Falcao he sort of yeah. his leg was sort of going past him and he decided to sort of accelerate as he yeah, went past like it was just mm. like one of those it that was, happens in football yeah. and then Ashley Young straight over just pulling the England players away just like look don't get involved just and don't get involved just let them go on the way they are and the referee's going to at some point empathise and sympathise with you which he did and that was the difference between England and Colombia is England's old heads I mean Kane counts as an old head in my mind yeah he, he was, was only 24 yeah, rel- but, comparably yeah. he's an old Kane, head Kane, yeah. Henderson and Young those three even though Henderson did have a little niggle at one point mm. yeah. yeah, the three of them they were cool and they were the ones who reached out to the other players and yeah. told them yeah, to pack yeah. it in Kane led down. the line he's, he's, yeah. he's captain's performance whereas Columbia's Columbia's older players Falcao and that they were they they were just as tilted. Quadrado as, as well yeah, when he barged Maguire in the corner flag for no reason. See Quadrado, that was like he knew what he was doing then. Yeah. He, he wasn't like he wasn't mad or upset. Like he didn't do it because he was angry. He, was just he did it because he knew he could have uh, got into his head. Yeah. Yeah. 
That's what, that's what the whole game was. It was basically just that Columbia were a very experienced side, and there's been very little changes like over the last eight years. Like Falcao is basically never present over the last four. Codrado, James Rodriguez, Quintero, they're all like ever presence in the side. It's only really the two centre backs, so are the youth and who came in recently, Mina and Stavinson Sanchez, both are Stavinson Sanchez early 20s. was absolutely superb. He yeah, was deserved to lose. He was, I mean. So was Mina as much as I hate Yeah, yeah. Mina was. You can take yeah. nothing away from either of those two, you know, in, yeah. in spite of. Two of them were excellent. Like, I mean, Mina for the goal as well. He's, he's positioning, he's just sheer athleticism to score that goal was superb. But mm. Trippier should have saved it on the line. He yeah. made as much himself yeah. as well. You would have. Thoughts so, or really? It's a shame yeah. to be that as well because I thought he had a really good game. Mm-hmm. Well, he did got through him a good couple of times. That's because he's pure pace. But if if Trippier's holding up a man one on one on the edge, of the, on like the on the byline, nine times out of ten, I'm going to back Trippier. Yeah, he's the best like fullback I've seen at beating at beating a winger one on one. Defensively, ability to stop the winger since like Gary Neville, ironically also from Bury. <laughs> I think it's it's startling as well how much fright them set pieces are having on teams mm. like. Columbia for me actually did well on set pieces yesterday. If they'd played the yeah, set did, pieces yeah. properly, particularly in the um, well for the Harry Kane goal, where they just essentially just manhandled them to the floor, but they were actually defending them really well. Yeah, and then yeah. the, they made a stupid Sanchez. mistake where they just they panicked. And there was this one where the ball came in from the left hand side, and it was like sort of just coming inwards towards the back post. Head. And Maguire and yeah. Kane yeah. both of them would have scored, and Sanchez out of literally nowhere came up and headed it clear. That I was, was impressed I by Mina's yeah. pieces as well. Like yeah. Mina didn't like, everyone in. Columbia man marked so we had the whole like train at the back whatever Alan Shearer likes calling it the gravy train or some shit the four love players train or something love train that's it yeah. <laughs> love train it and it's like four players like, at the back so they, they man marked them but Mina had a free role he was basically just there to attack the ball like mm. I've seen a lot of Premier League teams do that like Crouch always at Stoke does that you just get your best out of the ball do what you want just attack the ball and get rid of it and I think he'd done that like nine times out of ten yeah it's it's a good it's a good um, luxury to have because obviously England they identified England as set pieces mm. not playing that way which is fair enough um, and they sorted it I felt like England's set pieces weren't as uh, effective just purely because we didn't execute on the like, the very end of it like Mag- yeah. Maguire had like, three or four a handful of opportunities to head it either on target or back in the area and he just missed his missed his header basically yeah. but that's fine because I thought Maguire as well I want to like highlight him because he was just absolutely superb he, was yeah. so he, had a, good. he had a rocky game against Tunisia Panama didn't matter because he didn't do anything no but Tunisia, he was a little bit like because I, I really backed Maguire before the World Cup, thinking he's he's going to be the man. He, he's yeah, that same. he's that final um, centre off that we need because mm. he's good on the ball. He's fantastic in the air. But then he was unsure against Tunisia, and obviously that was nerves. But to, last night against Colombia, when he was getting yeah, you know, Falcao in his pocket, yeah, yeah really dominant. Yeah. He, the he, amount of times he really like, did well. I know like, in, the, in the second half of extra time when we just like penned them back. And Vardy really got at Mina because Mina was picking up an injury. So Vardy, every single time, is making runs in behind Mina. And he really dragged them all over the pitch and stretched their defence. But it was key because every time they tried to get the ball away, it was always hoofed up. And I think Maguire must have won it like four yeah, or five every times. Every single time it came. It, it was like Columbia didn't realise he, he was there and they didn't click on that. Every time they put yeah. it that way, Maguire was the one winning it. Because yeah. Um, yeah. I was worried before the game. I saw our back three and I thought all they need to do is put Quadrado on Maguire's side of the pitch. And, and, and he'll he'll do damage because you'll yeah. end up with Young stuck up the field and Quadrado going at Maguire and you don't you don't like that matchup. But he did really really well. You I never saw any sort of very well as well. Yeah, I love our defensive shape. Like not to bore everyone, but I feel like going like going forward is fine. We sort of improvise and that's great. But mm-hmm. defensively, I love our organisation. I love the way we play. Like the back three comes yeah. across, makes a back four, which whichever wing back is there, Cuts and then drops deep. Yeah, yeah, and then if there's if it goes over the other side, the, the centre midfielder Henderson, he comes across, and we always double up. What's interesting, yeah, it's so like systematic how yeah. it sort of comes together like it's that. So you know? and like, as you say, like it is maybe 
you know, more of like a boring sort of niche tactical point to make. But the way it moves as a unit of defence, you know, as if it's sort of one mind. Oh yeah, in, it's, in that it's, sense of the it's word, it's so is, well rehearsed. Yeah. I mean, can you yeah. remember the last time any of us watched any sort of team that we support? With that well, level of organisation structure, I, I only support Sunderland, <laughs> and our three at the back last season was horrible, less than enjoyable to watch. Horrible. So yeah, they've showed you exactly times. how to do it. Like, oh uh, yeah, it's the midfield as well, which impressed me because I didn't think Ali or Lingard had the best of games in an offensive That's what, wise, uh, but defensively, I was very impressed. I was really, mm. I enjoyed how because Henderson's the central player and he's the one who sits deep and mm. he's the one who anchors. But it was interesting how many times Ali or Lingard were willing to drop in the central position to let Henderson out wide. And they really pulled off their rules. Like they were yeah, so you can disciplined. See, you can see it's, it's exactly the same. The, the two of them, their their like awareness of the game and their like intelligence is just so on display. Yeah. When you because Henderson knows his job's almost simple in the sense that he keeps now. The, the centre half's job is whichever wing back has trouble, they one of them goes over and helps. And covers, yeah. If one of them can't go over and help because they're tied up, Henderson goes in and helps. Mm-hmm. So all Henderson has to do is watch where his his defenders are, and then he goes and matches that, and then all. Ali and Lingard have to do is watch where Henderson goes and fill in and it, it drops back and then you end up seeing Kane and Sterling they look like they're really deep it's but very actually, fluent it's, it's really part of the system like, and then when we get the ball and go back forwards suddenly yeah. everyone moves as one Like I can see why he brought Eric Dyer on for a bit of defensive stability but when he actually brought Dyer on it got worse because he slows the game down too much and he doesn't really have the I don't know if it's stamina or pace or what I don't know but he just doesn't cover the way that Ali and Lingard do with Henderson and it, we actually got better when Walker had to go off and die. I had to drop into the back three. Yeah, I, I think that was just what was interesting. Yeah, I was there. like, Walker, for me, I, I like the way the back three is shaping up nicely, but Walker's got like question marks. He's got like a mistake. And I mean, he's mm-hmm. not, I think because he's used to playing right back, I mean, he's never ever played centre back, to be honest. No. You put him in, in that right centre back position and he can't afford to make mistakes. Like, he can at right back and he's no. making, you know, one a game, which, yeah. and it's not many, but at this level, you can't afford to make it. When Dia, uh, Dia, Dia. Yeah. When Dia goes in there, yeah. when Dia goes in there, though, he he, we just looked a bit more. I don't know against the bigger teams. I just wonder if that's the or the better teams if that's the way to go. Mm. That's, so I'd, that, I'd that's personally keep Walker. I'd keep Walker. Yeah, because that like Maguire's proven he can handle. It. My fear with the back three was like as you're saying. I, I agreed. Like Dia in the back three would make sense because obviously he's got that. He's got that strength. It's an option, he reads, isn't it, he reads the game better as a centre half than Walker reads the game as a centre half. Mm. Yeah, he's most he's, yeah, most stable. stable. I yeah. think in a team of players that are playing in positions they so often play for the clubs Kyle Walker stands out massively in that respect because yeah. as you say he's played you know for me a full back and a centre back are very much exclusive positions you know there's a lot of different the, the key attributes of, I mean they might be you know adjacent to each other on the pitch you know in, on like a on like a tactical formation board but the key attributes you need for each are very different yeah. you know a centre back is obviously you know the, the ideal centre back is you know, like a large sort of yeah. physical unit, whereas a, a, a you know your full back or your wing back is someone who's maybe a bit smaller, a bit speedier to yeah, overlap with the winger, definitely. or you I know. And obviously, if Kyle Walker's playing in a position that's very much, very fundamentally different to the one he normally plays in, then he is almost for me entirely out of position. See, I don't think so, it's that fundamentally different from if it, if you get Kyle Walker at Tottenham, absolutely, that's a completely different player. But Kyle Walker at Man City under Guardiola, Guardiola's system, it's not really a traditional back four. It's kind of like an old school WM where the fullbacks, even though they've got two of the fastest and most effective fullbacks in the world, mm. they draw, they cut in deep. They cut in the sides and they kind of push forwards a little yeah. bit. So he's kind overlap. of already playing like a, like a right central defender yeah. in a three. It's it's strange how Man City play and they play very narrow and allow Sterling and Sane to provide the width and cut in behind the defences. So that because of that, and the way that Kyle Walker has developed with his ability on the ball, like he's so much better on the ball than he used to be. Like, and not in terms of like 
beat a man, whip it in, do someone for pace, but just genuine technical ability, the yeah, short yeah. passing, mm-hmm. ability to see your pass, yeah. yeah. It's he's developed so much under Guardiola and I, I don't think he's that fundamentally out of position because of what Guardiola has done. The issue he has is experience. So decision making, he admitted it in the first game against Tunisia when he gave away the penalty. He said it's because he he, he's, he himself admitted like, oh, it's because the ball yeah. came over the top and I... I he had him on he the didn't wrong know side. what to do. Yeah, yeah. you had the player on the wrong That's side the of him, and he he wasn't like sure of what to do. Yeah, like Trippier gave him the shout to say leave it, and Walker didn't like it. It threw him for a loop because he, he didn't should, know he didn't like, do he what's an off would have done. Which much just back to him as well. Yeah, yeah. he had. He his, should have just faced him up, stood to the side of him, keep him on, like, on his side, on his shoulder, and knows exactly where he is. That's the type of experience you'd get as a young player yeah. going out on loan. But Walker's getting that experience that problem, yeah. in a World Cup. Yeah, is a risk. The mind of a centre back isn't there. Yeah, that's positionally is Yeah, I just worry. Going further into the tournament, I mean, maybe not so much against Sweden, but if you play against Croatia or something, yeah. he might get f- sort of not necessarily found out. But if there's a mistake in that back line, it's him who's going to somebody be like Mandzukic, who's a smart player who plays like just like that inside left role yeah. as well. Always cuts off to the left. Will yeah, Mandzukic will target Walker. So if you if I you look so. at Croatia, they because I think I mean Maguire's proven against Colombia that he we don't need to worry about him. No, not at all. Um, being beaten for pace or any, or no. trickery by a player like that, he can handle them. Which I think is such a huge thing for England to have a player in the like in the back field and do that. Walker on the other side is exactly the same. He's not going to get done because he can defend like a fullback yeah. if he needs to. So if he was coming up against Croatia and they, they try to play a through ball into Mandzukic, mm. Walker would be able to read it because he's done that before. Great. Difference is if you had Dyer there, then they couldn't play those balls over the top to Mandzukic because you'd end up mm-hmm. with Dyer who would understand how to mark yeah, Falcao. Whereas if for Falcao Mandzukic just enter your big shit house centre forward here like but um, if you've got um, Walker in that position the ball comes off the top then suddenly he's at a disadvantage because yeah. the guy he's come up against is a lot more experienced one mistake as well and he's in yeah. Like, yeah. you've got to focus like, I remember Croatia are that clinical that they yeah. can do that the will, like, I was reading a Players Tribune article and it was Jerome Boateng like, saying what he thinks is the most important aspect of defending and he said the most important thing is like, concentrating Con- being able to concentrate for 90 minutes because you know if, like, if you make that one error they're in behind and yeah. basically your fault it's the same as goalkeeping that one error is always on show more than say like a striker or a midfielder they can make a few and it's not too bad Yeah. so Kyle Walker done that I mean his lack of concentration to realize, not realise that there's a Columbia player right on his shoulder to give it away if a Quadrado's shot was just a bit poor hmm. but it was another part that I was worried about where there was a ball in into the box into the edge of the six yard box and Walker kind of like instead of like jumping up with his arms down his side he let his arm flail up high and like that defender as defender yeah, you just don't that. do that you keep your arms down by your side or you or you tuck them in like that so your arm doesn't fly out and risk a handball that's where that's where he just doesn't know like the ins and outs of being a central defender no, defensive positions in football in general defender or goalkeeper have that really cruel reality where you can play 89 minutes of flawless defensive work but then one mistake that yeah. costs you the game bramble. is yeah, <laughs> that one that one Andreas minute in, that one yeah. minute in which you make a mistake is the only minute that really matters come the final whistle if your team is a goal down or concedes a goal when they were ahead. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I played in goal when I was eleven. You know, like, my, my, like currently, yeah, yeah, that, that, that's, that's it's funny now when, when you look at when you look at my big five eight frame. But in in my youth, okay, I, I stopped growing when I was thirteen and I was five eight then. So like in my youth, I was a fairly Fairly, large a fairly stocky young man but yeah I, I, I was a little bit shit like but yeah <laughs> basically the old coach said that like mind you if you want to be a keeper I, I'm going to warn you now that it's probably the cruelest position to play in because you can have a flawless game but then you get one thing wrong and everyone's going to hate you for it and I was like ah yeah it's true yeah I mean I'm yeah. Me too, I must have first game 11-4 yeah. when I was 12 I think oh no, no when I was 13 
and I played particularly bad that game I remember <laughs> I think going forward for England yeah. is a concern because yeah. um, as we're talking about the organisation the structure defensively I don't think we've got that same structure going forwards which it's it's you can sort of get away with because you know you know you can rely a bit more on the likes of Kane yeah. and Ali to make a difference going we're forward. We're lucky we've got a set piece, I think. Yeah, the set yeah. piece is going to be huge for us. I worry about us trying to break down a defensive unit, which is basically what Sweden are. Sweden are just ten big guys behind the ball. Mm. Isn't it oh, weird yeah. though? Like we've got so, on paper the the attacking quality we have is frightening, but yet yeah. so far we don't look like scoring a goal from moment. Do you know that's just World know. Cups. World Cups is always tepid. It's Extra always time. like yeah, the odd set piece or whatever yeah. that's it through it. Extra time started off obviously the first half of extra time you could Shit. see they were all yeah. absolutely like Nugget. just shell shocked and yeah. they couldn't believe what just happened. Gary Neville nailed it in Punitary Friday V just said, Oh yeah. it's not physical, it's totally mental. It's mm. not about being tired. Every single player on the pitch is tired at that point. Yeah, they it's were they were up, yeah? they, played, they played poorly that first fifteen minutes because they were absolutely knackered. You could see Southgate got them in, they all had a chat with each other and it worked because they came out that setting off mm. and they because they, mm-hmm. I think Southgate got them in, he saw he'd brought on Vardy, he had these uh, he had these midfielders in, he had everyone structured in a certain way, they knew what they were doing, they knew the roles, they were just not concentrating, they weren't doing it properly, and he got them down, he said, Listen, we've got it's this is simple, all right? We've got an injured centre half, we've got a player who made who won a Premier League title by running at people who were slower than <laughs> yeah. him. Let's just pass the ball to him and it's like pass it into those channels and you could see we did it. Numerous occasions, Henderson mm. moved away from the anchor role and played a bit more like Lingard and Ali yeah. had in the first half, and took the ball on the wing a bit. A couple of nice link-ups with Rose. Interesting the role Rashford took because he sat very deep. Yeah, and Rashford that, was a bit odd. I think that was basically just get legs in the middle. Yeah, like sometimes it's like centre back. Yeah, it was like, weird. Yeah, it was loads of time. He was pretty pretty much playing anchor at times as well. Yeah. I think that was Southgate's idea of just get some legs in the middle and just try and counteract. Colombia keeping the ball and pinning us back like they did at the end of the, mm. in the second half and this extra time Kane did as well Kane in the extra Kane time once once Vardy oh, came on yeah. Kane like dropped into like centre mid he was like yeah, often was trying to find the ball it's the way you have to play when you go Vardy in your team you can't have like if you're going to have Kane on the pitch he just has to stand on a centre half and nod yeah. the ball towards Vardy because Vardy has to be the main man if he's playing yeah. it's, it's, it's his game you can't really yeah, if he's that's not, why he's not starting if he's not running he hasn't really got a purpose yeah, Vardy, yeah it's, and he's, he hasn't got a purpose if you're like if you're 1-0 up if you, sorry if you're 1-0 down you can't no. bring Vardy on because if you're 1-0 down then they're just going to be sat back defending he's yeah. useless there's no yeah, point in having yeah. him there with, with Kane as well I might be reading too much into it I don't know maybe he was just nagged but when when Kane's on the pitch Colombia man Mark Kane like, Colombia were all over Kane every time he had the ball there were two or three on him fouling him so if Kane drops deep their defence is naturally going to push up to yeah, go with Kane you get space. so you get space with Vardy in behind so possibly that was Do you think that was Kane thinking? just being intelligent thinking I'm too tired Maybe. to battle yeah. with him anyway yeah. so let's see if we can suck them out and make some space I mean he is I think, you, I think Kane's world class and I think he's smart enough to think about yeah. that but I think it's also it helped because he was not good yeah. <laughs> to be honest <laughs> one interesting thing selection wise anyway in the next game is Lingard I, I think he was like possibly a poorest player yesterday I don't know if that's me being harsh yeah, maybe I'd, no I agree I'd, I wouldn't change much me but unless that, forced the thing is though, Lingard A he's on a yellow card so you, you're going to have to think about that because yeah. it'll not get wiped until afterwards but I just wonder if against Sweden if you I don't know you maybe put maybe somebody like Roftus Chicken who's a bit more physical than him I don't know if that would work better because you'll have that extra, I don't know, physicality against a team that, as you say, is, is strong and, and very physical themselves. I don't think, I mean, Ling, I look at the England team, to be fair, though, we're, we're a very physical team as well. I look all the way through the team and every single one of them is tough. Like, Henderson's tough. You've got the back three, they're all tough. I mean, Walker's hard as nails. Trippier doesn't need to be tough where he is. Young no. doesn't need to be tough where he is. Even Sterling's Still tough. Still good like, centre of gravity, the Trippier. Typically off the ball. Uh, like, he, he's, he's, yeah, Trippier's got that hazard level of like yeah. dribbling where he just seems to, to keep the ball glued to him. But then you, you look at even Sterling. 
he can he just gets he's been getting kicked his entire career and he, yeah. he knows how to handle yeah. a team like Sweden. And I also think when Sterling's on the pitch, England are a better side, despite the fact Sterling hasn't particularly played I individually very well. Physical I think kicks Sterling. from players, mental kicks from the Daily Mail. He takes them all, man. He's <laughs> true with that lad. Fair I just feel like he is a bit of a scapegoat. He, at times. he puts yeah. up far too much. Like he's, that run, that run to release Lingard, the pass was perfectly timed. The run to release Lingard, the counter attack was absolutely brilliant. And is that's that the one where Lingard us. like fell over when he shouldn't have? Yeah, when he kind of like tripped over he, Sanchez's like, foot, half pen. Half I also found with Sterling as well. When when England are playing poorly and we're playing slowly, people shout out like, "Somebody just get the ball and run at them." Yeah. Sterling is 100% of the time that player who does it he always yeah. gets the ball and runs at them when he came off you could, you, there was a noticeable drop he creates space for Kane as well which is vital he does yeah, worry he, about honestly, the he's, Sterling yeah. is really really important to this England team and he will, he's going to keep starting because like there was a disgusting Daily Mail article like on on like literally the the stroke of like the full time oh I know exactly what you're talking about and it about. was like what well, uh, Raheem Sterling hasn't scored for England in 1000 days it was just like fuck yeah. off it's like we've literally you know, we've just overcome the massive generational mental hurdle of winning on penalties. Yeah. We're through to the quarterfinals, and all you want to do is a- attack Sterling. Yeah. You know, it's the same you know, all, you, all you want to do is just stir, you know, baseless hatred on this lad. Can we not just talk about the fact that we've had an England goalkeeper, the youngest goalkeeper ever to go to World Cup with England, and he's the only one to win a shootout? Yeah. Instead of focusing <laughs> on the fact that Ryan Sterling's a successful black man, and that's literally essentially yeah, but that the is Daily exactly Mail's it. problem yeah, with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. He's a successful black man, and that's literally why they don't like him. It's disgusting. Uh, it's an old propaganda machine stuck in its old ways, which yeah. sadly entails racism. What, why are we getting the, it's not just Sterling but Pickford's getting hammered it's, what, why does he get hammered he's I not mean, getting hammered anymore he's no, not right now, <laughs> but even like during the game there was, I can't, it was one of the ITV presenters tweeted but she was tweeting like oh why did he save it like had he not saved it it would have just went out for a mm. goal kick and I was like you don't leave it you're not, you, don't, you don't take you that don't chance you don't risk that but it was going in I'm, I'm sick of all these not goalkeepers giving their opinion on goalkeeping yeah. like, I, bet, I bet if you looked at like I bet there's somewhere I don't know why he came to mind somewhere Tim Howard was watching that football match I don't know why he came to mind but Tim Howard watched that match absolutely fuming at the treatment of uh, David Priest as well like David Priest is a football pundit he's a really good pundit he's a massive lads fan as well actually and like he he's he's been like furious over the tournament about the the way like Gary Neville Lee Dixon what the hell do they know about goalkeeping they've got Mark Clattenburg in who was a bit partridge but Clattenburg (laughs) was like he was there to to, like to pundit refs they get well, Howard Webbin on BT whatever it is to pundit referee decisions from a refereeing viewpoint goalkeeping is such a complete different position to anything else in football why don't they get goalkeeping pundits in like like Priest because he's really good he knows what he's talking about as well and when he was he like done an article talking about Pickford saved or you know, the other hand thing he's saying, his problem wasn't the other hand you, you go with that hand because you can get more thrust and more power on that hand goalkeepers all over the world do it there was other problems with his game like he, he didn't take a step to thrust his dive that's why he couldn't get up top but like they're just talking about things that they don't know. Yeah, asking a outfield player to commentate on a goalkeeper is like asking what a squash player to commentate on tennis. You know, they've got a vague idea of the you know of the similarities, but they don't know exactly. No, it's they like don't know exactly what's going on. How to win a football match? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's like they, they, they play on the same pitch as football. Yeah, but, but they don't they're not do doing it. the yeah. same thing at all. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, right. So we're all very much content with how England have done. We're all probably in agreement although we've not asked that we're going to beat Sweden you know we don't want to be too complacent but I imagine that we all last night it was a harder game than Sweden we, it, yeah. it should be a harder so game we're gonna, than we'll, we'll yeah. grind it out I mean if we do win it'll be because somebody like Lingard's gone down in the box and won a penalty or we'll win on 
penalties again. Exactly. It's not going to be lining up with Tyvenin yeah. and Seb Lawson. Lawson missed the last game; he was suspended, yeah. so he'll be back in. You, you know, look at them two. Jobs them two. I'm going to hang myself off the wheel bridge. Oh, nah. Imagine if like Seb Lawson puts in a corner for all of <sighs> Seb Lawson's going to score a free kick, isn't he? Yeah. No. Big Ola T no. on the end of a. I've seen it all against so Germany. Big Ola T over yeah. the shoulder of Carl Walker. You can see it now. Tyvenin's in my mind's eye. Gets in behind. Chips Neuer brilliantly. He was shite for us. Absolutely <laughs> shite. I was. Did nothing. He'd done that one the header when we lost 4 1 at Open Man City. Honestly, that's the only cut. time I've watched football and just burst out laughing. When I saw that, I was like, utterly <laughs> awful. <laughs> I was really happy for him, to be fair, but yeah, he, he never, oh, yeah, he he never even looked close to doing that for us at any point. Nah. This is a man who whose highlights can be summarised with one through ball to Jeremy Lenz. Like, yeah, the, the pass to Defoe, which was like literally a five yard pass for him to bang it in the top corner against Villa. That's literally all it was, a five-yard pass. It was then, good, though. Yeah, it's like, it's like Altador. I always remember Altador really, really fondly for Sunderland because he laid off the ball for Barini to score yeah. that goal against him. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that in my mind, is what Altador <laughs> did for Sunderland. Yeah, you laid it off. Don't matter how you do it, as long as you do it. So. The commentator as well, where he's like, oh, what a touch by Altador. He just like fumbled the ball. It was art. So, yeah, England need to beat Sweden. Pickford needs to have... needs. Outfield players need to leave Pickford alone. <laughs> Daily Mail need to leave Sterling alone, and football needs to come home. So let's table England for now and move on to Sunderland. So Sunderland, plenty of new signings and a plethora of pre-season friendlies on the horizon. That's good use of plethora. Yeah, very a lovely word, plethora. Yeah. You know, you can never get enough of plethora. Really, if I could have a plethora of words like plethora, I would. <laughs> but yeah. So, anyway. <laughs> Back on topic again, Connor. How are you feeling generally about everything happening on Wigger side right now? I'm really good. I think there's a uh, a lot to be excited about. The signings, I mean, there's a few of them. That's been a bit naff. I think Chris Maguire is probably one that's got the biggest question mark over him. But apart from yeah. that, I'm I'm happy with the the signs we've made. I've seen a lot of people. I often get them out uh, mentions. Oh, well, you've never fucking seen him play. I was like, I'm sorry. Right, but you can use stuff like YouTube to watch players. Like yeah. you can learn a lot from a reading scout reports. That's why scout reports exist. Mm. That's why people research players. That's why we have the articles talking to Hibs fans asking about Dylan Magooch. Yeah. That's why we have them. So is, that, is it? Do you say it Magooch? Is that how you say it? I don't know. No, it's McGeoch. Uh, uh, I was thinking McGouch. McGouch. So. <laughs> there we are. There's there's four different I just opinions. Like the idea of having tremendous. Gooch and love it's like it's yeah. like McGeoch, like Gooch Dylan McGeoch. Yeah, McGeoch. Well, Dylan. McGeek McGeek got a certain Scottish accent McGeek McGeek Something like that. that wasn't really Scottish. No, anyway, that. sorry, no, sorry, know. sorry, Dylan. If um, if you do ever listen to this, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. Sure, you're going to be a wonderful player yeah. for Sunderland. We're all very yeah. much looking forward to you. you don't base your opinion on Sunderland on this podcast. You know, we're four gay <laughs> people who can't speak English <laughs> or Scottish, as the case may be. But back to the point, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, you can use things that are judge players. Read scout reports. Read what other fans yeah, are saying. Watch YouTube videos. Gammons can't use mice. <laughs> what? <laughs> gammon? How is a gammon going to use a mouse? Doesn't have hands. A gammon use a mouse? I just lost that one. I don't think you get what gammon it's is. My head. Yeah. Is it the gammon the Brexit thing, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I knew so that. The gammons were shouting at you about Maguire. Oh, yeah, very good. Oh, I get you now. Yeah, it is. So yeah, people are whinging because I, I put a tweet up about uh, Mickey Ock. McGeoch. Yeah, McGeoch. saying that I've never seen him play. Which, to be fair, I have seen him play yeah. because it's McGeoch. on Sky. Like, you can watch Scottish Yoga. football. He looks a really good player. That looks a proper yeah. sign in that. I was, I was following this like, Scottish football site, 2.1, and it's a really good site, actually. It's behind a paywall, so I just signed up for like, a two-day trial or something for free and then cancelled it just to <laughs> read that article. Fair enough. But uh, it, it was they were basically saying like it's a really good sign in for Sunderland. And he's not, he's, he used to be a winger, but he's cut inside and dropped deep now. He's not really like a... 
final third through ball sort of guy get tons of assists but he's the one who's going to dictate play get his foot on the ball and just control the game from deep a deep line playmaker which is what we've missed since probably Key maybe in Via yeah. or um, Kirchhoff we haven't had anyone like that in a long time especially last year Catamol believes he's that Catamol yeah Catamol <laughs> tries to be that <laughs> he tried to be that he oh, picks the ball yeah. up in centre mid and then hits one out of play hey, 2014 Catamol yeah, yeah. Catamol and Depoyet was great Yeah, before but that and after that he's just a shithouse oh I but like that's what McGeek's supposed to be, and this like site they were basically saying like it's a brilliant signing for us, and like they were saying without being too pessimistic for Sunderland, like he's too good for League One, and they were worrying obviously from a Scotland national team perspective for Scottish, they were worrying like you've got players like Armstrong playing in the Premier League, he's uh, got Celtic like top division championship, I mean they've Scott McTominay like all these players are now centre midfielders who are playing higher level football, and they were just worried about his decision to move down to League One. I mean, obviously, they don't know that we're going to smash these jobbers and win 46 yeah. games in a row. But well, we're a single shot on target. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I can see where they're coming from. Like, they they say it might not be the best moves for him because they worry about the level of football he's going to be mm. playing at. But for us, it's a brilliant sign. And the basically said, like for Sullen, it's unbelievable they've signed him. Yeah, McGouch won't be joining. Turned down Rangers, Aberdeen, and Championship clubs. Yeah, McGouch won't be joining <laughs> under the impression that he's joining a League One club. He's, he's going to see us more as a. <laughs> I think I think we should all say our own one. I, I, I like McGouch. McGouch like works McGouch. for me. Yeah, McGouch. McGouch. Yeah, but I like right. What's yours, Chris? McJeff. Yeah. Tremendous. Because that's actually how it's written, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is it? It's like Jogv. No, it's, it's G-E-O. Is it C H? Yeah. There's no F's in it. Jesh. McJesh. McJesh. I've got a clue We're gonna put a little Turkish Jesh. twiddle on the sea yeah, and it's going to yeah. be Mugjesh Mugjesh great like Urshturk mm-hmm. yeah. is that how you say that what is that how you say it Ozturk Urshturk Ali Mugjesh is that how you say it take a soft it's got the little thing on nice soft I just have to wait for them to score a goal and take a vibrator I wish I want to really sign Alan Yom it sounds like a cardboard really apart from that no I think he's terrible but classically go on yeah, Do you reckon he like mutters that as he like runs past like you hear it? Like, Num. <laughs> yeah. Sit close to the pitch. He runs past. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. What was it's that? Just, just in your ear as you're going past this. A red and white blur. Fucking done. Tremendous <laughs> oh, stuff. Red and white blur. That reminds me of Burnt Hass. Good speaking good of player. I used to find that hilarious that we had a guy called Burnt Hass. Who <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> was what? South Korea at the 2010 World Cup? The right back was all bum suck. <laughs> no, I did not know that. <laughs> now I do, and I'm very thankful for knowing it. Oh, bump suck! Yeah. <laughs> I just like Darren O'Dea. That's a that's like a simple shit name as well. Yeah. Like O'Dea, he Still was a crap footballer. Danny Shitu, classic. Danny Shitu, yeah, Stern John, my winner. I have to say, oh, he's big. Stefan Cunts. He's fast. His first <laughs> name should come last. Stern John. <laughs> <laughs> that was Fulham's chant that I don't think we ever took, but I, that I wish we Collins did. Collins John as well. <laughs> Collins <laughs> John. Yes. Ah. <laughs> oh. oh. Good I love names. I love good football chants, mate. Like the Bobby Zamora one that Fulham had as well. Oh, yeah. When the ball oh, hits your head and you sit in Rosehead. Oh, That's yeah. Zamora. Oh, that was class. That best two that. best chants ever were um, Scotland versus Italy in a friendly, and the Scottish fans started singing, "We're going to deep fry your pizzas." <laughs> love that. <laughs> um, I like the Bolton away. Bolton away when they've just been confirmed relegated to League One. K Sarah Sarah, whatever will be will be. We're going to Shrewsbury. <laughs> <laughs> Tremendous, absolutely fantastic. I'm good. We didn't rip good. that off last season. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I was, I well, my, we uh, may not be able to have that. You know, I mean, the Shrewsbury. Uh, Shrewsbury might well have yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. One of my old uni mates, a massive Bolton fan. So, some two of them. Why do you bring his weight into it? Fuck no. <laughs> 
He's a massive Wolves <laughs> fan. Yeah. <laughs> he, he said that Newcastle fan with NUFC tattooed there. It was just huge. <laughs> just a huge new yeah. mag fan. He buys two seats him, you know. Does he? Two season tickets. He's because he doesn't fit in one. So that means their attendance is wrong. Ah, uh, <laughs> 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 the, the Bolton fans just like when Zat Knight plays the thing that's the rhythm of Zat Knight. Oh, nice! I good. like that. Very good. It's the rhythm of Zat Knight. Oh, yeah. we, we need no. to think of a song for Jack Ross, but it's just so difficult with two monosyllabic names. Yeah. Think Jack Ross just doesn't just Jack Ross. Jack Ross just jam town. Yeah, the, the problem with Jack Ross is that that name is that like it's so like monosyllabic. You've only got two syllables in there, Jack Ross, and there's. A surprisingly small amount of chance that that worked for. You know, you'd think the less syllables, the easier it'd be, but it's just not the case. Anyway, we've, we've vastly went away from transfers. I don't even talk about John yes. McLaughlin. We haven't, you know, we haven't fallen far from the tree. I think we can, we can climb back on it. You know? <laughs> well, you can make up a song about a tran- new transfer, then we can get back on it. Yeah. Well, you do that. I'll, I'll sit over here. And... <laughs> right. So yeah. Anyway, friendlies. Who were we playing? And in what? Oh, how are you? Come on, Saint Mirren. Mirren for the skull derby. We've changed in some of the dates. Darlow, obviously. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> oh, Grimsby. Be some we're playing Grimsby, aren't we? Yes. Yeah. Hartlepool. Hartlepool, of course. Darlow. All the all the stables. Darlow. No, I said Darlow. Thing is that they're changing loads of the dates because of yeah, Darlow's got moved back to the Tuesday. And I then Hartlepool the will likely because it'll fall on the day of the World Cup final. I think. Ah, I will. Oh, will it? Yeah. Shit. No, I've heard they're actually going to move the World Cup final deck to <sighs> the clash with Sunderland Hartlepool. Just got me Hartlepool <laughs> ticket as well. He was saying on um oh what was it on, on Sky Sports News today that Liverpool fans were complaining because they're playing Chester on the quarter final day this weekend right. and they won't change it. That's a wound that. Like. And on like Chester must be Fun. losing an absolute shit ton of money because their ground yeah. would be full for once and then nobody's actually going to turn up. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what the decision is there, but nah, I wouldn't really know. Didn't think about so. that. That's Klopp that he's, yeah. he's probably just Because he's uh, proper So when's the Darlow match now? Is it a put back? Tuesday Put forward mm. I don't even in know Tuesday it, uh, I've got tickets for them time. I don't even know what day they're on Got a submarine one as well Can't wait to go to Paisley in Paisley Rock the place And I go to Paisley In my Paisley Have a tremendous time One of my mates Is actually a submarine shareholder Right Nice Don't know why I think he just bought it because they were selling the shares off to all the fans. He was just, oh, I'll just buy his share for St. Mirren. Oh, he may as well. So just sell it when they're like Portsmouth Champions still winners. do that, don't they? Yeah, Portsmouth doing that. They're fan owned. Swansea are, well, Swansea were, but they're not anymore. I They've got like a few like, little shares yeah. or something. That's it. They sold it off for the new owners because they're all kicking off about, um, yeah. watch his face, Hugh, oh, what's his name? Hugh Jenkins. Jenkins. Ah, Jenkins, yeah. that's all. There is a ceiling with fan owned clubs, though, isn't there? Like, there's only really a I certain disagree. point you can get to. I, mean, I think I, it's like something that the people at the top who want to sell to make a shit ton of money say, but I think ultimately teams like Swansea were doing very well fan owned, like they were mid table mm. Premier League, and then they've sold yeah. it, and now they're in the Championship. Yeah. So, suggest to me as though a good run, a well run club is uh, the way forward, irrespective yeah. of who owns it. I think it's they're getting investment either way. So you get even fan owned clubs get investment from outside investors and hedge funds and whatever. Like yeah. Swansea got investment from like Swansea owned by some weird people. I think it's that, American owners now. Yeah, the loads. I think is it Will Ferrell is like a sp- owner at Swansea or something like that. Oh, like Natalie Portman or some weird like American Natalie actor. Portman. Nice. Oh, not yeah. American. It's like some Hollywood actors like a, a shareholder at Swansea for some reason. Just a bunch of very bizarre candidates and non-footballing people. Yeah. It, isn't Will Ferrell in with David Beckham? No, no he's, he's not LAFC. like LAFC, is yeah. he? Yeah. yeah, that's good. Alright uh, Right to you, but, then. Yeah. Where are we at? No, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed with the signings yeah. so far. <laughs> like, the signings, the signings, like, three or four of them are really good coups. Like, I think... McLaughlin, McLaughlin McGeek... Mm. McLaughlin's huge. ...are both, like, yeah. SPL team of the season players. Like, yep. they shouldn't be playing in League One, so that's pretty no. much a good coup. Mm. Um, I think Urge Turk's going to come up really good. Apparently, he's a smart defender, pretty pacey and good on the ball. 
Now, some fans in Scotland were saying that he's not the best in the air, which is a bit of a worry going into League One. But as long as we get some shit out alongside him. Yeah, when you drop down to the Championship from the Premier League, you tend to find that quality gets substituted for just sheer physicality. So I think yeah. logic would dictate that if you go down another division, more quality gets substituted for more physicality. Otherwise, why would I confirm have the goal scoring record? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. think you're going to notice like a huge difference in the quality from Championship League One. I mm. think it's a, mm. it must be the biggest jump in football in any jump between leagues. Well, yeah. Bigger than the Premier League to the Championship. Right, Far bigger. Definitely. You think about the, the top end of the Championship are Premier League clubs. You know, Teams like Millersborough, yeah. Villa, we'll or spend it like well. Premier League went up and mm. down yeah. like the three Premier League promoted teams to the Premier League stayed up the three teams who were relegated from the Championship went back up again into the Championship Yeah, like yeah. I think the gap between like the Championship now is basically the Premier League too the amount of money that's in it the quality that's in it the foreign players that are now in it I mean Port- look at Wolves last season they're, they're you mean Porto <laughs> you're yeah. about to say Porto <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean they're, they're, they're transfer like transfer budget is basically just like it's good scout Portugal yeah didn't they just sign Rui Patricio yeah Wolves They've Christ. just signed Neves. Has just signed you. He's been linked with a Portuguese right back for like forty odd. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. Who with, was that? Uh, I don't know. He was the one who was playing the World Cup, wasn't he? They're linked with um, the striker as well, Silva, who plays Andre Silva. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're linked with him. Oh, that is. But like that's immense. shows like the the the, the gap between the Premier League and Championship is yeah. much less now, I think, than mm. the gaps in Championship League One. I think the highest budget in the Championship has been like eighty odd mil. It was like Wolves and Newcastle. Highest transfer budget ever in League One is two and a half million ever. No, uh, straight on. So it was seven. Oh, I don't know about that. Like he said, seven no, no one's Wigan and uh, maybe is th- it's that is he bringing wages and agent fees into account? Oh, I thought you were talking yeah. about wage budget. Sorry, okay. No, no just like okay. fees well, on the transfer surface. budget. Oh, okay, transfer it's budget. Yeah, yeah, nothing. Less. Yeah. I saw Leicester spent two point eight million mm-hmm. when they were in. I think that's probably the record. It's about that. Yeah, it's, it's they, between two and a half. And they three. spent theirs though in the January, so they didn't. They spent nothing in the summer, and then in the January, I presume they were wanting to just reaffirm they were going to go up, so yeah. bought a few players. Yeah, actually, I think maybe well, the the yeah. jump from the the Championship to the Premier League is maybe more significant based on the fact that you're a team coming up playing against some of the best teams in the world, but the the line between 20th in the Premier League and 1st in the Championship is probably getting blurred more and more you know as more and more money comes into the lower leagues of football but yeah definitely with the bottom end of the Championship in League 1 I think you do see teams that are you know like just in terms of general stature are fairly big you know like your, your Reddings and your Hulls you know they aren't tiny clubs and they're at the bottom of the Championship but then when you look at the, the upper echelons of League 1 you know you've got some teams there that you know Accrington tin pot let's call a spade a spade <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. the small club I mean yeah I think the league one has some elements of like non, non-league elephants. teams elephants <laughs> non-league teams can get yeah. into league one like that that sort of shows that the top end of non-league is essentially mm-hmm. the bottom of league one like yeah. that can be where you aspire to if you're a team like mm-hmm. Gated Hartlepool yeah. so you can see the way, teams, the way teams bounce up and down in between yeah. seasons mm-hmm. like Carlisle were yeah. pushing for automatic, should have been pushing for automatic promotion this season they dropped off I think there's like three or four teams in league one whose highest ever level have been league one but they've been in like tier six tier five mm-hmm. non, yeah. like in non-league Akron and Stanley, Yeovil Town. You know, there's some absolute. Yeah, Yeovil got in the championship. Not they did. Yeah, yeah. But if you look at the top end of the Premier, uh, the top end of the championship, like every single championship team at the end who's going to be in the playoffs has probably got six Premier League players. Six players who are capable of playing the Premier League. Who Premier League teams? Yeah. Even Sunderland have players capable of playing the Premier League. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if players Don't like. Love. Yeah, Don Love. Best player. Yeah. But Oviedo could end up with a Premier League team. It wouldn't shock me if he ended up. No, I'm no. not saying he's necessarily good enough, but it wouldn't shock me if a team like Cardiff went for him. Yeah. If, the, if, yeah. the, if the financial details about Oviedo been made public knowledge, or is that oh, just. Oh, well done. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. 
but well what done if it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have information. We are not telling you. No, it's, it's yeah, on the site. It's on the forty-two yeah. grand a week. Yeah, forty-two thousand pound yeah, a week. That is crippling. He David Moyes thought it was a good idea to commit the club to spend fourteen million pound yeah. on that. Idiot. And we also need to discuss how he also signed Jonah Lascott, and he's also a ginger scotch twat. Can we just not discuss him? That's fantastic. Yeah, right. yeah. Frisp. I'm very, very upset. Sorry, just thinking about him. But I feel like I have to say now that it's unbelievably ridiculous that a man would come out and say you know what I can't sign players to keep us up but but I'm also going to spend 42k a week on a left back of all positions you know, who's been what, injured for the last two years yeah yeah do you think in, in hindsight like we got the January of that season I know we had a good December which kind of blurred it because in December mm. I think ah, well, we're so maybe just outside the relegation zone yeah. we won three games club, four in that little nice run the fans a letter an open letter a statement saying like right we aren't going to invest in January. We are going to sell Jermaine Defoe for this price because we need to recoup money if we go down. It looks like we're going to go down. And do you think fans obviously would have kicked off, but do you think they would have accepted it more? It would have been far better now, for the club. Yes. There's nothing. Look back yeah, now. there was yeah, no, the thing was, we're in such a situation mm. where nothing anyone could have done would have made anything any no. better. Yeah. And everything was going to be shit yeah. no matter what. I think those people who got made redundant might have accepted it. Mm. Like yeah. the, the week after, 100 odd people got made redundant, the, the, the team went to New York. With Martin Bain, where the fuck was Martin Bain in New York? God knows. And then David Moyes signs a player for forty-two thousand pound a week, while a hundred people have just lost their jobs. Now it's Premier League football. That's how it's what happens. Yeah, it's just. Ah, I just why, why did they buy in Dong? Like, who thought that was a good idea? To buy Moyes. him for that money. I want to know why. I want to know exactly why Mvila wasn't a viable option. Yeah. And, and why Endong was, I think was, that was, was for whatever whatever ungodly reason the superior choice I think, I think that was, yeah, was what, like 100 grand yeah. a week like, but yeah. I think that was just arrogance like managers want their own players in but he's he's obviously went and said looked so he's like Sam Aldice's player I want somebody who I can find and I can bring in then he's my player Kidding what Aldice's trusty reliable Premier League proven player no 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 I, I want my extremely expensive loser sorry but the thing is he wasn't even Aldice's player He's he currently there, AWOL as well. Yeah. Uh, Dong and Jilabodji haven't turned up to training. The club are Class that. investigating the yeah. issue. I, see. I, mean, think I like that. It's interesting because, I mean, I don't think anybody seriously expected them to come in. I think no. they probably thought, oh, we'll not come in and they won't mind. But mm. it's now a breach of contract, so it's good yeah. for the club. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, so we've, well been praying, we've been praying for Rodwell to breach his contract for bloody years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go on, just do something. Slap <laughs> a child. Do something. Go on. Slap a child. <laughs> Anything so we can just rip it up. Yeah. Who was it he we lost against when Rodwell just knocking about Metro Centre next to those gravy things? Bristol City, I think. Is it Bristol City? When yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then... Oh, yeah, I just that, caught in the act by the Teddy Picker. <laughs> to be fair, though, yeah. with Rodwell, like, apparently it was a dream to... I mean, the, the fact is, is he would have went in January had they just paid him his loyalty bonus then. Mm. And the club were like, no, no, you've got to go for free. So I reckon, and I reckon yeah. Rodwell's still here. It's just Reese James, it's just Rodwell. Yeah, He's basically a younger... He looks like Rodwell. I wouldn't say that though because then you'll start like I people like going against Reese James yeah he's a, bit, a little bit like yeah, Chris Coleman uh, more so Coleman than Rodwell maybe that's because I don't know I'm just generally more fond he, of he got Coleman. rid of the goatee all the last, all the last on Twitter were like loving Reese James so much so that the club had to release more images of him so people yeah, could look at him it's good that like <laughs> now that that is club planet planet like that's right, finest Right, I think we. I, I've, I don't really have much time left, so we're gonna have to whiz right, through. Right, like, let us Twitter move questions. swiftly on, <laughs> slightly abruptly, to the Twitter questions. So we'll start with Mighty Mackums, who said, "Do you guys feel England actually have a chance to get to the final? Bear in mind that Sweden was shocking yesterday and Russia and Croatia, whilst threatening, aren't the most robust teams left." It's coming home. Yes, it's yeah, coming home. We'll start with you, Connor. Yeah, of course. Yeah. The path is 
clear. <clears throat> the teams in front of her aren't that great. Croatia's a bit of a worry, but I, I have a feeling mm. watching them. Um, I don't know against. Ar- I mean, I know Argentina were a Denmark. bit disappointing, but Croatia were awful against Denmark. But I just worry. The worry with Croatia is, is like we're essentially lined up with one proper centre mid at the minute with Henderson. Then we've got two players next to him who are sort of more attacking. When he goes against Modric and Rakitic, like it's going to be frightening. But I'll be, really be interested to see. I'd be interested to see what maybe Delph could do in that midfield instead of Lingard or Rally. Like maybe if Ali is injured, I would, I would trust two. I would keep two of the attack midfielders yeah. in there. Yeah, I would. Keep Croatia's. Forwards. Modric and Rakitic are brilliant they're absolutely brilliant but Croatia are crying out for a defensive midfielder Brozovic is not a defensive midfielder and for some reason he doesn't play Milan Badelj who is a very competent defensive midfielder he only played I think he played in the third game yeah, against it's whoever it's that it. was Costa Rica or something he'd, some have, to, he'd have to play Iceland. because Iceland, I mean, that was, Iceland. Yeah. he played against Iceland but like if Modric and Rakitic both want to do the same job Brozovic as well they're all like kind of like a t- and Kovacic all four of them are brilliant players but they're all like players who want to get on the ball and be an advanced player they don't like to sit deep yeah. Yeah. No. and they leave gaps in behind they leave gaps in behind all the time Croatia's got a good defence but there's a massive gap into exactly the spaces where Lingard and Ali run into those inside channels where England have got so much to enjoy from I think if we played against Croatia you'd expect to see like a man the match performance from Henderson because he he'll have the ability in his position just to like once he, he all he needs to do is get past like that one they make that one step yeah. give them that space and there'll be channels open all mm. over the pitch for him yeah and I know Super, Super, Super Sitch as well Super Sitch is like he made some great penalty saves against Denmark but he's not a great keeper he's always been error prone throughout his career and I think he makes like three or four errors leading to goals every single year at Monaco I'm saying see. that yeah just so like, we can, we happen can anything distance, though, we've but. got the players like Lingard Ali uh, Kane they can all shoot from mm. distance uh, Henderson, Henderson can as well to be fair I mean I yeah. how Henderson hasn't scored more goals from outside the box is it baffles me the amount of like, quality shots. Was it against out. Tunisia or Panama? We had that lush shot. Tunisia, from it. Tunisia, Tunisia won it. Yeah, it's really nice. The amount of goals in Panama to be fair, like. But yeah, I, th- I think we'll get through the final. Like I, I think I'd obviously take one game at a time. Sweden are going to be tough to break down. Really tough to break down. Yeah, but I think that our set piece is such a threat, yeah. such a threat, and teams are scared. Teams are so scared. Like I think it's twice now where they've. Or three, even Tunisia games should have been a penalty where they've threatened that much. They've got to employ dirty tactics because our players, are, they're not even like it's not even like the brick shit houses are brutes. They're just so Clever. intelligent mm. yeah. and good when they get on the end of the ball, good I mean, in the air. You yeah. can see we've we've not just scored the same set piece every single time. We've done nah. it differently every single it's time. Like, you can see the movement, like you called, but that, that uh, the tunnel of love that uh, we had, yeah. <laughs> <Tunnel> <laughs> the way that that moved, the way that that moves, and so the I way that the you see the stones against stone Panama when he ran into the box, and then. Brilliant! That just yeah. oh, so was out wide, out wide the Henderson. Oh, oh no, it was like a ball, ball around the side, over to Kane, back across Sterling, shoot! I was made to get Sterling the goal, unfortunately he couldn't finish it. But like, that movement is absolutely brilliant, and it's based, it's Steve Holland, and there's another guy, England's attacking coach, um, Scottish fella, somebody Russell. I can't remember his I first know, name off the top of my head. Yeah, and the, these two work on that all the time, and they've got like this. If you look at Steve Holland, he's always got this like ring binder book with everything, everything in. And basically every single move in football is a set piece in England's game. Even away from set pieces, they know exactly who's where at that time. There was one part yesterday where John Stones played a ball out wide to Danny Rose later on and didn't even look, like banged it first time, side of his foot, and it, it, it went just out of play. But that's because Danny Rose is like four or five yards too high at the pitch. It wasn't actually Stones' fault. But he'd done that without looking. He should be. He should have looked. But he didn't that look when, because he expected him to be there. Yeah. Everything's and that's set be- piece, and that's because Rose had just come onto the pitch and he wasn't up to speed with the game no. yet. He wasn't concentrated. He wasn't yeah. fully locked in, and which like, is upsetting. But it's not his fault. I also yeah. feel like um, 
we're going to get a lot of against Sweden. We're going to get a lot of frustrating moments where Stones takes the ball up a few yards and then yeah. turns around and passes it back. Well, actually, Chris, I thought we yeah. could have done better yesterday. Yeah, I feel like because that was that was an issue with, yeah. with Stones. He would bring it forwards. He would look and go, "Oh, well, there's no one there," and it's yeah. like, "Well, no, there is. You just they they'll just have to." But take he the ball was also pressure. he was like Falcao was on him all the time. Yeah, it was when they realised that Falcao was man marking Stones. They let Maguire do that job, and Maguire ran out of defence really effectively. Well, the thing they weren't doing is they weren't trusting those midfielders. When you've got Lingard and Ali and Henderson in midfield, yeah. and you're bringing the ball up as a centre half, even if it looks like they're under pressure, you've got to give them the ball yeah. under pressure because every every position on the pitch from that point is going to be under pressure. So you've got to give it to them. You can't just go like, oh well, there's someone there, you'll lose it, and then Colum- turn around and give it back. Colombia's approach to isolating Henderson was actually really impressive because Quintero and Quadrado kind of dropped a little. Or Quintero and Quadrado like they changed roles. And one of them would stay up next to Falcao in attack, while they won't go a bit deeper and a bit more central. But in defence, they would both drop back either side of Falcao and basically cut off the angles of the passing lanes in Henderson and isolated him. Now Henderson still had a good game because he moved around that with his ability on the, his ability just sure pure stamina and bit of pace actually. Just sheer dog-headedness. He yeah. just doesn't give in. Chris, but I'm going to jump back to what you said just there because we are a little bit wary of time about Sweden. Now, the next question comes from someone called John O'Dermackham, who asks, what, if anything, should we be afraid of when we play Sweden? You were alluding to this just there. Is the fact that... a bit more? So, they set up in such a traditional, like, 4-4-2, like the two banks of four, that Alan Hansen will be tossing himself out when he's watching. <laughs> so, Love. they'll set up with that two banks of four, and uh, the, we'll have three at the back with the two strikers sort of following it around. So, you can move the ball away from the two strikers and bring it forward. Great. We'll bring it over the halfway line, and then suddenly you'll look, and you'll think, like, right, where's Henderson and where's... Dali, De- Dali, Dali, Ali, and where's Lingard? And you'll look up and you'll see them surrounded by yellow, yellow shirts, shirts, and that's yeah. exactly what's going to happen every time you bring the ball forward. Yeah. You'll end up like Sterling will be dropping deep looking for the ball. It's going to be a really, really frustrating one. It's all about patience, and we're going to have to take risks. Sweden want us to; mm-hmm. they want us to take risks so they can try and catch us on the counter. Oh yeah, you've just got to trust each other and really like take the risk, throw the ball into where the feet of Lingard and make him turn and run at them. See if I he think, can give the ball because yeah. even if yeah. we just fire the ball in the feet of Harry Kane if he comes deep if Kane can turn and pick up a foul mm. 35 yards out and we can get a free kick I'd out cons- of it that's better than taking it back I think pick as pick well it. with Sweden is maybe maybe they're they're already aware of this maybe they're not but they'll try it regardless but the fact of the matter is is that England really they're have never been able to break down a team that's happy to just sit back yeah, we yes. saw it against Tunisia and really I think we're the architects of that problem when we play friendlies we always seem to play against fellow European teams of a similar calibre in which we'll play end-to-end football because we're both evenly matched but then when it comes to big tournaments we'll play against a team that's you know significantly lacking in quality that know they're only going to beat us by soaking up pressure yeah. frustrating hitting us on the counter and I think that really is our biggest weakness you know we are just not adept in dealing with a team that's happy to sit back in that way I mean you know all I can think of when I say that is nil-nil Algeria South Africa 2010 yeah, you know horrendous. yeah we just absolutely couldn't get going we, we ran out of ideas from the get-go yeah. you know they stopped us doing everything you know there was a like a, a bird perched on the Algerian goalpost in the second half because obviously it realised no it, it, yeah. it wouldn't be disrupted at all at any point during yeah. this, <laughs> whatever it was doing if we're going to talk about things to be afraid of though it's it's the fact that they're defensively strong and they are good at set pieces as well. We're not going to get anywhere near the set piece joy against these. That's what we're we'll finding. Yeah, that's the worry. Like, yeah, and the other beast. worry is we've yeah. never had to really defend against decent set piece yeah. so far this tournament and, well, as well. And the one that we did. Apart from the one where we uh, yeah. conceded. However, that was that was more. You know, the marking could have been better. Fair enough, but it wasn't that bad marking. It was just a great jump. Yeah. 
but he, uh, Trippier on the on the back post should have should have stopped it. He knows sure, he's not often it. you see though a player headed from the penalty spot and headed actually down, down. and mm. up. It's so difficult to defend. Trippier, Trippier said he jumped <coughs> up to anticipate the ball hitting him. Yeah, and yeah. then the guy headed it into the ground, and then he sort of landed and didn't have time to jump again. Yeah, and it's it was interesting because like yeah, that's fair enough. It trying was a to funny yeah. bounce. It's not what you expect. It's it was a clever header. Yeah, it was very clever. Yeah. But at Sweden, I think I would poss- I, I was praising Ashley Young, but I think I possibly played Danny Rose because Sweden defend very narrow, two banks of four. I think I think the wing you backs are, getting, are going to be key getting in behind instead of just getting to the edge of the box and whipping it in or cutting it back. They're going to be key getting to the byline and getting in behind. In behind their defence, Danny Rose did it like two or two times. Yeah, I think. they nearly scored off one of them. Yeah. brilliant football. I think, I think one, that, that'll be that'll be our only chance. It'll be that that one where you fire it into Rose and he can pick it in uh, Sterling. And Sterling yeah. will be so crucial. Like if Sterling plays well, we'll play really well because yeah. he he can make our he can make our tactic. Mm. Yeah, and I, I know Sweden obviously without Ibra, but with Sweden without Ibra, our team. It's not just give it to Ibra and hope for the best anymore. Yeah, there's there's no more cult of Zlatan. Yeah. It's just an actual team playing like, for each other. Forsberg's going to get the plaudits, but I think their most effective player is actually Victor Clayson on the right. They're Victor Clayson. Victor Clayson's been good. He hasn't been that good for Clayson. He's been brilliant. He was he's a Krasnodar, so he, he plays in Russia, and he was probably like top three players in in Russia last season. He was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Nichols, how would you say Krasnodar in like Russian? Krasnodar. It's like that, is it? <laughs> I was, I was hoping to be some like really like really strong Russian phonetic sound there. I felt like of all the potential Russian sounds, Krasnodar would have a really strong one. Nah, it's just Krasnodar. Oh well, but I've literally got three minutes. I mean, right. I can I can leave and you can finish this. All oh, right, one. right. Well, we'll move swiftly no, we'll on. I've only yeah. There's okay. only this is this will be the last one. There's only there's a very little one right at the end. But this is the only main question, and it comes from someone called Ryan with the username Deacon Ryan one two three four. In regards to Sunderland, even though it's unlikely that the likes of Catamol and Corner players who obviously want to leave end up staying do you see them giving them all on the pitch Catamol um, yes yeah. yeah. Catamol yes Kone definitely not Kone has never had the sense to play for the shop window you know if, if the transfer window shuts he won't have the foresight to look towards the next one he'll just drag his heels he won't play properly I mean we saw he didn't get his move away at, at, at the beginning of last season and he just didn't play football there was the logic there was that what should have been there was that if I play as I did when I came in under Allardyce, I can breeze through this division. You know, I can have every single strike in my back pocket and I can leave for £10 million in January. He, he but he didn't injury, do that. Yeah, I don't know if he was actually injured, but he, he did have a quite a stoppy start. He, he, seemed, yeah. he seemed knocked up. No, well, he's had loads of very season. dubious bad back injuries, yeah. so I, I don't know what thing to believe. The thing is, really. I, I think players like Corny, when they get their agents in the ear and then he obviously doesn't want Mark to be... Mark Mackay as well, who's a notorious agent. Yeah, yeah, it's just, it's a nightmare. I mean, when Allardyce signed him, they almost didn't sign him because of the agent. I'm yeah, sure yeah. Was... he wanted an agent fee and I think they put, put the price up like five and a half million. Yeah. Oh yeah, because yeah. he, he's, he's stole, he's stolen was forever, wasn't yeah. it? That, uh, that transfer, well, it was, like, it was off at one point. His father, who he inherited the business from, allegedly, I had allegedly every single part of this conversation, but his father was it like, the one who was done for like... Uh, Tax evasion and fraud and all sorts of like dodgy dealings with Milan Mandarich back in the right. day. Right, he was uh, an famously a clean guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it just shows Squeaky the character of the Mackays allegedly. <laughs> Tremendous. But anyway, I, I, just don't, I, don't, I just don't think Kone is good as the question. Kone as well. If Kone plays well, Jack Ross is a Jack Ross is a Rush. wizard. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't think Kone is as good as what he looked with Aldice because he doesn't have Kabul next to him. It was like. Mm-hmm. 
Bramble yeah. for Newcastle when he had Woodgate alongside him looked like a world beater when he played alongside alongside Andy, Andy O'Brien he didn't know which was his left foot which was his right <laughs> foot yeah you do sometimes it's a wrong. case of having that guy who can talk to you through it just tell you what to do yeah I'd I love mean, to see sorry I'd love to see Catamore get his fitness back this season though because he could be yeah. he could be effective I don't yeah. think so like. I don't think he will I think Catamore's basically just suffering from starting his career so early and getting so many injections over he's, the years he's finished he's yeah. like Wayne Rooney you, you yeah. get when you start it's, I mean Catamore was like 17 Borough captain 17, at 17 18 yeah. Yeah. yeah you know you start that young He's got 15 years, well, 12, 13 years on the clock now. Is it 28, 29? Roughly, yeah. I mean, he's got 15-year careers, give or take. Yeah, so yeah. he's at the end of his age, yeah. sort of, is false in that right. respect. I just, the I sun's think, set on Catamol's I think he's not, he's not leaving, but um, if he can get his fitness back, he can at least play his part and not be... In League One, not be a risk. you would hope so, really, yeah. I think, you just, you just, you just want to be able to, You want to be able to put him on the, on, in the first team for a Tuesday night game against Bury and trust him not to... Be responsible for losing. Last year was the so, first season where he was pretty much fit every year. Yeah. How he many was, times has that happened before? He was, but he was just, he was just shit. He was just. Did he get sent off last season? Wolves. Away. Yeah. yeah. Wolves. Away. Yeah. Didn't cost well. It was still Drew. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, we've got Drew nil 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 away at the League Champions with ten man Sunderland. That was the only team that didn't beat. Yeah. Right. Anyway, the closing question and the easiest one to answer, I'm sure, comes from G Lang seventeen. Is it coming home? Yes. I yep. will get beaten in the final. Love England, me. Chris? Yeah, why not? Yeah, well, I that's, think that's three yeses to one. It's interesting. One Bromley, no. Nah, I think we'll get beaten in the final. I think it'll be... I think it's interesting. Oh, that, that's the spirit. France, maybe. It, it's interesting because the only type of team yeah, we haven't played at this World Cup is going to be the type of team we play in the final. So it's like, yeah. we can be totally ready for like a shithouse performance for anyone. Yeah. But then we're going to come up against Brazil who are going to mm. just try and attack all the way for it. Yeah. It'd be like... What do you do? How, yeah, how will we'll, they we'll respond? Finally, get used to incisively breaking down a weaker team. But you know what the thing is, forget out it. Yeah, do you know what the thing is? The reason end. why I believe in them is every single game we've played so far this World Cup, there's been a question mark over England because we've never done it before, and so far we've passed every single test. Yeah. Mm. Apart from Belgium, which doesn't matter because nobody was trying. So like that, that, that's we've passed every like, test we've been given. So why not pass every single one for the rest this, of the tournament? This team's an impressive team. Like Southgate, the way South, South Gareth Southgate needs the most praise. Like Gareth South, the job that Gareth Southgate is doing is absolutely brilliant. Even after the high of winning the first ever penalty shootout, England's first ever penalty shootout World Cup, he goes, "Look, I'm delighted for that." But thinking about Sweden, it's all in yeah. Sweden. Gareth Southgate is a perfect World Cup manager. Like in a World Cup manager, a tournament manager, Coleman, Coleman didn't do too great with us. Didn't do too great with Fulham. Covent Reed and terrible, just, but he just no, but got that, the tournament. That didn't sort he? of grounded. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to say that grounded charisma is exactly what we need. You know, and he's you focused know entirely on the game in front, and that's yeah. his soul for. And he's so helped by the squad. He's got he's got the squad who totally down to earth, got great integrity. Yeah, you can see Harry Kane. Age, he's, Harry Kane, yeah, who's the superstar, he's the, super star, he's the he's highest. There. Yeah, he's the highest paid player in the squad, and then he's the one hugging Pickford and that. Mm. It's they're together. It's perfect. Right. Right. For once, I've actually set up a system instead of just. Best players hope for the best. We're getting told off. We're gonna to have to stop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're getting glances, glances from Brom. So yeah. Anyway, thank you very much once again for tuning into the Roker Report podcast. Football's coming home, but Jillabodji and Kazri are not. Bye, so boys. that'll be that. See you later. Adios. Big shout, Bams and Amanda. Washington Posse in the house. You ready? Massive. I said nothing. Explosion, everybody's dead. What a catastrophe is what's being said. So my job as a wicked MC is to wake up the crowd. I'll make them get lively. So I say, who is this to see? Who is the cocky? Where's the speed that everybody's dancing? Wait until this is.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.